Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living Letters of the Word. Amen. This morning in our both our Old Testament reading and our Gospel, we hear two encounters with God. First, in the book of Kings, when the prophet Elijah... Well, the prophet Elijah is done. The pro- Elijah has tried to be a good person. He has preached and taught and pressured and cajoled the people of Israel to forsake their wicked ways and return to the covenant with the Lord. But Israel does not listen. According to Elijah, the Israelites have forsaken God's covenant, thrown down God's altars, and killed God's prophet with the sword. I alone am left. He's a bit of a drama queen. You can almost picture Elijah casting the back of his hand against his forehead and striking a pose and sighing, I alone am left. Woe is the prophet. But God, as God often does with prophets and regular folks, God reveals himself to Elijah as a sign of God's presence and God's support of him and his ministry. But notice how God does it. Not in some dramatic, over-the-top, Cecil B. DeMille way, but instead in the silence. There was a great wind so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks and pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of sheer silence. And when Elijah heard that, when Elijah heard the silence, he went out. For it was in the silence, not the wind, not the rocks, not the earthquake, not the fire, but in the silence where God was present. Elijah encounters God in that silence. Now, switching gears to our gospel, we find Peter and the rest of the apostles encountering God in the exact opposite way, not in silence, but in storm. The scene is immediately following the feeding of the 5,000, and Jesus has dismissed the crowds, and he goes off to pray while he sends the apostles in a boat to the other side of the sea. And during the night, a storm comes in and waves batter the small ship and great gusts of wind prevent them from returning to the shore. And so the apostles are afraid. 
And a little side note, I the degree of the apostles' fear has always surprised me. I don't blame them. I know if I would be in, if I was in that boat, I would be scared to death. But these folks, these are actual fishermen. They are not landlubbers. They are hardened, sea-worn men of the deep. They knew this sea like the back of their hand. Hadn't they been through something like this before? I don't fault them for their fear, but I'm just surprised that they aren't more comfortable with the fact that storms are part of life on the sea. In the same way that you or I might expect a certain amount of office politics at work or a machine to break down, like an air conditioning, for instance. <laughs> Life at work is not always going to be, pardon the pun, smooth sailing. So the degree of their fear strikes me as odd. They seem like Elijah. But God, once again, God is made known to allay the fears and gird the souls of God's people. Even amid the expected trials and tribulations, God is there. Jesus appears walking on the water, and he says, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And we are reminded again that even in the most challenging or painful or stormy times, God is present and God is with us. So this morning we hear two very different encounters with God, one in the silence and one in the storm. And regardless of the setting, they both bring home the same lesson. That God supports us in our time of need. And that bedrock fact of faith, that God is with us, and that is a fact that we can forget, a fact that I often forget in times of trouble, that fact is good. And a good sermon might tie up that fact in a little bow, and we would now move on to the Nicene Creed. But this is not a good sermon. For today, I believe it would behoove us to reflect further on the sequence of events in today's Gospel. Jesus calming the storm is a miracle many of us know very well from Sunday school. And we might assume, like a story we have heard a hundred times before, that we know the plot points by heart. The apostles are in a boat, there's a storm, Jesus calms the storm, all is well, moving on to the next story. But in reality, if we closely read our gospel, Jesus does not calm the storm until the very last sentence. The storm rages for what might have been hours, practically all night, until Jesus arrives. And before Jesus calms the storm, Peter and Jesus engage in that unfortunate walking on water incident. Peter, poor Peter, he always tries so hard and almost always falls on his face. So while we know that God is with us in the silence or the storm, in the midst of the incredible or the horrible or the mundane, God doesn't always fix it. God doesn't necessarily make it all better, at least in the short term. And sometimes as the storm rages around us, we wonder why God won't do something. 
And I am reminded of this as we pray for and stand by our brothers and sisters in Charlottesville, Virginia. Today, as they endure the vile taste of bigotry and the tragic sting of violence. Charlottesville is the home of the University of Virginia, the brainchild of President Jefferson. He designed this proud public institution to be based on the illimitable freedom of the human mind. For here we are not afraid to follow truth wherever it may lead, nor to tolerate any error so long as reason is left free to combat it. In the storm, sometimes we are called to be part of the solution. The Episcopal bishops of Virginia said yesterday, your voice is needed. As people who have been reconciled to God through Christ, we have been entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation. In our judgment, therefore, the church cannot remain silent in the face of those who seek to foment division. As Christians, how will we answer hatred? As Christian, how will we quell our fears? As Christians, how will our love be made known? As Christians, how will we calm the storm? I hope and pray that we will ponder these questions in our hearts. And I also pray in the spirit of Elijah and Peter and all of us who search for God and strive for God, that we become more aware of the presence of God, God's ability to be manifest in a variety of ways, and how God's presence calls to each of us. As Paul wrote this morning to the church in Rome, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. Or if we need help finding God and finding God in the midst of the storm, we can't heed the words of the great 20th century prophet Fred Rogers. Mr. Rogers said, when he was a boy and would see scary things on the news, my mother would say to me, Look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. To this day, especially in times of disaster, I remember my mother's words, and I am always comforted by realizing there are still so many helpers, so many caring people in this world. God can be present in the storm in bold and masterful ways, and when the, God, that storm, God is present. In that storm, God is made known. In that storm, God is restoring that which has been profaned. And in that storm, God is resurrecting that which seemed dead. And God is God through the hands of you and me. Out there, God is found and God will be made known. And out there, all of us will encounter God and respond to God. And together we will do things more powerful than we can possibly imagine. Amen.